The Juice Podcast, Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. First official betting weekend for us in the college basketball season, at least we've put out in the airwaves. Um, a lot of games to recap, going to preview some of the Tuesday games. Not a great Tuesday slate, but we were full with a lot of Saturday games. So to be honest with you, just right off the rip, there was the noon slate was fire across the board. Like the actual games and what actually transpired on the court included a buzzer beater, um, some missed buzzer beaters, a triple overtime game. Like there was a lot of action in the noon slate. A half court backdoor cover. That was a little later in the day, but still. It was. I can't. All right. So just to preface this now so we could get out of the way. I was sick as a dog all Saturday. There was only bits and pieces of games I got to actually see. Uh, there, you'll be able to tell which games I actually had eyes on, but yeah, as far as my knowledge of what actually transpired, it was a lot of like recapping on Sunday when I was actually able to breathe. All right, well, let's just jump right into. It. Let's jump over to recap some Sunday games. Start with the ACC. Um, first one off the rip: North Carolina seventy-six, Boston College sixty-six. North Carolina covers the spread. Um, you know, a good win for North Carolina. Boston College is scrappy and cover the spread, and they still look like a team that could go to the Final Four. This is a game that just you need to win. Uh, I know that sounds stupid and cliche, but to have that championship DNA, you can't have any letdown spots, even if it is a team like Boston College, who, like you said, it can be scrappy at times. You can't lose or I mean they were in full control of this game Syracuse 72 Miami 69 depending on the number you got will determine basically if you covered or not um, the line closed at plus four for Miami but uh, Syracuse hits a buzzer beater to end the game and gets a big win for Jay Notry and the Orangemen and some some question marks still for the Miami Hurricanes yeah, it, it sucks, especially because I saw that like Isaiah Wong's playing in the next man up of the G League, and it's just like, damn, man, if you could just be back at Miami, this team would be probably like battling UNC for the top of the ACC. Potentially. Um, Virginia Tech 84, North, NC State 78, didn't have this, but... Didn't have eyes on it at all. Virginia Tech covers, though. Good, good win for the Hokies. Um, Louisville sucks. Wake Forest, 90. Louisville, 65. Wake Forest covers with ease. Um, one we did have some money on, unfortunately. I didn't play it, but Clemson, 78. 
Florida State 67. Out of nowhere, I mean, that was the handicap for me. It was like, is it a letdown spot for Florida State or a get-right spot for Clemson? Well, apparently it was the get-right spot. Yeah. uh, Apparently in the ACC, having home court advantage doesn't always matter. Um, Yeah, I mean, this was just a simple case of the better team winning. Uh, As much as I hate to say that, Clemson is probably the better team than FSU. But, I mean, credit to them for getting off to the mat. What was it, like three straight losses? Yeah. And a lot of not covers, too. I think it was like five or six not covers either. But um, real quick with this one, UVA, good win, 75, Georgia Tech, 66, you needed that if you want to keep your resume hopes alive. But we just I we gotta get to this one. Pitt eighty, Duke seventy six. Yes, Me and Connor are dummies. We lock up Duke minus twelve. I was playing money line when they got down as well, and that one that one hurt. That one sucked. Um I'm I'm very worried about this Duke team. Yeah, uh I had been grabbed, like, right before, it was at some point on Saturday, I saw Duke at 11 and a half, and I'm like, double down. Uh, yeah, bad. Bad. This is not a good pit team. I mean, you just beat them, what, by 22 at pit, and then you follow that up by, I mean, that was just, that was just bad. And then, like, I, I'm i off of this team after hearing what, like, Phil Bukowski said about how what Pitt did was disrespectful. Nah, they have every fucking right to do that. If they walk into Co- or Cameron Indoor and just outplay you the whole game. It's just, that was, I'm not going to discredit, or I'm not going to, Completely fall off of Duke, but I mean, this is still a team that if everything hits right in the tournament, yeah, they could be hoisting the trophy at the end of it. But till till I am proven otherwise, I just I, I don't know with this team. This is very familiar what to ha- to last season where the early ACC troubles hit and then they kind of got their groove and then honestly just ran into a. Tennessee team that was just way too physical for them and a bad matchup. But like with they didn't play Tennessee in the tournament last year. I thought they could have made a run in the Final Four. Um, I'm not gonna give out hope on them, but mm-hmm. it seems like there's just Coach Shire. Like obviously we're not sold on him yet. He's just that team is so talented. They just don't buy in defensively enough. And like Pitt offensively is terrible. You should never let allow Pitt to score 80 on your home court. And then every single time Duke had it punched him in the mouth and came back, cut it to one, took the lead, Pitt had the answer every time. So credit to them, they shot the lights out of it. But um, yeah, to be honest, <laughs> probably my worst bet of the day. Uh, let's go to the Big 12. I will I won't fully take it away from them, though, because wasn't Melton and uh, Roach out? I don't remember. I actually did not have any eyes on this. I had to watch the highlights of it. I was... Not at my house during this game, so. Because I thought I saw Goodman tweet that out, so I don't like I can't fully remember, but I mean that's 
two big pieces, obviously, like, for, or wait, is it Mitchell? Yes. He was the guy that missed the Tennessee game last year. Mark Mitchell's probably okay. the best versatile defender, too. Yeah, I mean, he's been hurt. It seems like he's seems like he's been hurt like every game for the last two seasons. But I mean, missing Roach does hurt. All right, let's go to that Big Twelve here. Texas seventy-five, Baylor seventy-three. This was one of the funnest games of the weekend by far. Tyrese Hunter, or we'll set the stage a little bit. Seventy-three to seventy, Jalen Bridges for Baylor, hits a three to tie it up with eight seconds left. Tyrese Hunter just goes coast to coast, hangs in the air a little bit and floats up a game-winning shot off the glass. Everybody went crazy. That that was a super fun back-and-forth game. No team could get really a lead more than six, but this is a like a much-needed win for Texas. They really, really needed a win here. No, like definitely aim very marquee win. Yeah, they would have dropped to one and four in conference. Like this is going to keep their tournament hopes alive. Um, that team is too talented to not be good. Like they are loaded everywhere. The front court's amazing. They have good wings. Um, the guard combination with Azmus and Tyrese Hunter is amazing. Like, this team, I think. I, I mean, the big thing is obviously I don't think Rodney Terry's a good coach. Um, if they can hit their stride though, toward the end of the season, this is probably going to be a team I really do love in March. Oklahoma 69, nice. Cincinnati 65. Didn't bet it. Um, Don't really know why or how this Oklahoma team is really that good. Um, I think more than anything, it just shows how good a coach that Porter Moser is because the talent level in the team I don't think is crazy good, but they continue to win games and win tough games. Yeah, he just keeps proving that how good of a coach he is. I, was I mean, leading Loyola Chicago to what he did. I think I had him as a a middle, like an unsure when we did guy talk because I thought he severely underachieved the last two seasons, but he's proven it around this year. Just maybe need a little bit of time to get started, and I really do like this Oklahoma team. All right, this was a little shocker of the day. Iowa State, 73 TCU 72. Iowa State goes on the road without Lipsy, probably their best player, and gets a win. Something I did not see. Granted, they did everything they could to blow it. They were up 18 and a half and just were lucky to hold on at the end. But good win for the Cyclones and TJ Altsberger. Depending on, like, again, depending on their route in the tournament, like, I really do love this team. I did not bet this game. Um, I, unfortunately, I think we might have locked this one up, though. I don't remember. I can't remember either. I don't have a little mark next to it on mine. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I would say we said when we recorded that uh, good team at home on the road can get iffy. But I think the team that is the most iffy out of these two is TCU. I mean, I really don't know what this team is. Seems like sometimes for the big matchups, because should have beat Kansas, right? Should have beat Kansas, yes. At Kansas. 
And then this, you just look like you weren't like ready for Iowa State, and it was at home. Yeah. So I don't know. They just got TCU just continues to be a team I won't figure out until who knows. They got punched in the mouth early, and like that kind of was it for them. They did make a run to come back, but um, a lot of games I haven't bet on yet. Texas Tech 85, BYU 78. BYU was up 18 at one point. And then, just very similar to the Cincinnati game, literally could not put the ball in the basket. And at the worst time, Pop Isaacs for Texas Tech goes for 32, 23 in the second half. And he caught fire, and BYU had no answer offensively. The only thing that they did that was working a little bit was they fed Ali Khalifa and he was able to get points in the post. But if they couldn't find an entry pass to him, like the offense was stagnant, they passed the ball around, took a terrible shot. TCU or Texas Tech would go down there and score. This is what's very worrisome about this BYU team because when they're firing on all cylinders, that offense is a thing of beauty and they can put up points in a second. They put 48 on a good Texas Tech defense first half. But man, when they, they go through, when I'm talking about droughts, these are 10-minute droughts. Not like, oh, this was a four-minute stretch where they just couldn't shoot. No, they're like 10 minutes. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I really don't know. This one I didn't really have much eyes on. I did like look back at some of the highlights and stuff like that. Just, man, BYU needs to really learn... Yeah. Hey, it's crazy that our two teams are kind of similar to each other. Can't close teams out when they have a giant lead. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, Houston 57, UCF 42. This was Houston's game the entire way. I didn't have eyes on it. Again, uh, not really a lot to add. Let's get to this one, though. A little bit of a shocker. West Virginia 91, Kansas 85. Kansas also got... If you would have told me that Nicholas Timberlake, a guy from Towson last season who transferred to Kansas has just been underachieving all season long, put up 15 in Kansas, I would have said Kansas won by 25. No, they go into Morgantown, they catch an L. I will say, this West Virginia team is not nearly as bad as the record. They're finally starting to get healthy. Raekwon Battle, when he plays well, he scored in the 20s on Saturday. Like They're not a, but still, if... Kansas is supposed to be a team that's competing for a national title. They're just not playing like it. I mean, you can't bring in Hunter Dickinson and not be contending for a championship. But, I mean, this game, the TCU game, like some of these games are really starting to get kind of alarming for Kansas. I mean, like looking at this, I mean – McCuller still had 24. Dickinson had 19. It's just like, that should be enough. But apparently it's not. Uh, I'm sorry like, because of all the moves and like all the experience that they're bringing back. And like, I'm starting to get kind of worried about that. Yeah, I, I, I really worry about it on the defensive side. They can still put the ball in the basket, but look, like, he, he was just kind of the same way at Michigan. Like, Hunter Dickinson is just not a 
good defender. If you can get it, he's just a big guy that clogs the paint. And if you come at him at the rim, he can stuff you. But you get him away from the basket and space it out a little bit, he <laughs> has a lot of holes there in his game defensively. And this is basically why he's not going to be a lottery pick. Like offensively, yeah, like 100%. He can stretch the floor, but he just can't do it on the defensive end. And uh, yeah, I they got help from guys I didn't expect to score. But I don't know. I will say ex- it, this is a point that's going to even be more valid for the next game we do. But I don't think really anybody in this league should be laying nine points. Like, that's a lot of points in this in this league. Like, everybody is so tight. Maybe like the top tier against UCF or West Virginia on the road. That would be the two scenarios where I think, okay, you can lay nine. Because in this game... Kansas State, 70. Oklahoma State, 66. But even at that, like, we've seen UCF, like... Get some wins. Here, 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 Here's the real rule. Is don't lay nine points on the road in the Big 12. Like, that's way too many points. If you're getting that many, mm-hmm. just take take the points with the home team. Because that's too many. Maybe... Man. I don't know. Houston's a little bit of a different beast, to be honest with you, though. All right, let's go to the Big East real quick. Um, Started that noon slate, which was some awesome games. Unfortunately for us, Marquette 73, St. John 72. This was a back-and-forth game for the most part. Like, no team could really get a lead more than six. I didn't know Jordan Dingle was not active for this game. He was a late scratch Saturday morning, which definitely hurt them. But... I mean, Marquette's really good, and even they even had Tyler Kolick, like, offensively was doing okay, but, like, struggling from the free throw line. He's a 93% free throw shooter, missed three big free throws down the stretch, but Dennis Jenkins misses the game, whatever, for St. John's. Like, I think I still come away pretty, pretty happy with the St. John's team. Yes, I'm on the same page as you. It that was tough when you had a chance at the end to win it, but come up a little bit short. Still have high hopes for the St. John's team. And I mean on the flip side, like kind of expect this from Marquette. Like they're still the one of the top teams in the big east. Like even though St. John's is on the rise, this is a game that you should win. But, I mean, if they were a loss, like, yeah, it's, you can kind of make the case for, all right, all right, that's not as bad of a loss, but this is a game that you should win. This was one of the funnest games of the day. Creighton 97, Seton Hall 94. Thank God I didn't bet it. I couldn't fade my Blue Jays. But I thought the spot leaned Seton Hall. In triple overtime, um, Creighton desperately needed a win here. They did, they're now... God, what are they now? It's like they're... I'll look that up. They're like 4-2 and two in conference. I would have put them at 500 with a loss there. Um, I mean, this game was basically dominated by Ryan Kalkbrenner. Big Kalk clogged the paint up. He had like... I think he had eight blocks today. And... I'll tell you what, going into New Jersey and beating Seton Hall is a damn good win because this Seton Hall team is good. Yeah, you're right. Uh, 
this game, like, I was kind of in and out of. Had the quad screen going, but, uh, yeah, just every time that I looked up, I thought the Brayton won it, and then I look, oh, we're in the next overtime. What the hell is going on? All that bad, uh, what was it, that one play that they stole the inbound, dude passed it, get the layup, but they called a foul on the court. Like, that probably shouldn't have been called. That probably should have just been free two points for Seton Hall. But, yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, much needed win there. Seton Hall is still good. Hopefully both these uh, – Seton Hall still finds their way in the tournament. Um, Butler beats DePaul 74-60, to and DePaul fires Tony Stubblefield. Probably something that needed to be done a long time ago. I don't know why DePaul is not. Like, they were so good in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Like, that should be a good program. It's just not. It's just not. Ever since they made the jump from Conference USA to the Big East, like, it's just never been good. I feel like that would be a good job, but, like, nobody wants to take it. It's kind of, from my understanding of knowing, like, a little bit about Chicago, it is kind of a hard job uh but also like you see schools within that city like Loyola that has continued success for the most part but yeah you think DePaul being in Chicago and being like in the power six conference like you should be able to be a very good team especially like Illinois is a hotbed for college basketball prospects. And, like, you're not that far away from Indiana, which is, like, just grows basketball players in cornfield. Yeah, seriously. Um, last one here, a heartbreaker in the Big East for us. UConn 66, Villanova 65. We had the three and a half. Um, you could probably give a better visual for this because I still haven't seen the shot. I was not at home. During this game, I had some other things that was going on. So tell them, how, tell them about the bad beat. Just, I mean, I, I like it, it's something you don't expect, especially like you're up four, you won. There's like you're only gonna get a last second shot up, and it's a half quarter, and it fucking goes in for the cover. And I'm thin there. Dude. It was so heartbreaking. I'm watching it. And like, obviously I'm feeling going in. And just absolute heartbreaking. I mean, been a minute since I've had a bad beat like that. Let's go to the Big Ten. Connor, your Buckeyes got the monkey off their back, beat Penn State 79-67. They dominated this from the start. I think they were up 11-0 and basically held, held that lead the entire yeah. time. Yeah, that was a good win. You really need Yeah, that. good to see them finally get a lead and be able to score and keep it, especially with a Penn State team that has been a thorn in your ass for the last couple of years. For no reason. So, yeah, thankful for that. For no reason. Um, we did lock this one up. 
Nebraska 75, Northwestern 69. Nebraska covers three and a half. Um, get used to it. This Nebraska team's going dancing. It's going to be a fun team. For sure. Um, Purdue 84, Iowa 70. Zach Eady goes for 30 and 10 for the third consecutive game. First Big Ten player ever to do that. I know that, like, again, like we said a million times, Purdue season doesn't start till March. But this team's really fucking good. And I do think they could win a national title. I wouldn't pick them to win one. But we got to remember, we all said the same bullshit when Virginia lost to UBMBC. We Everybody, including myself, was like, they can't do it in March. They can't do it in March. And then it fucking happens. So I'm not going to doubt them. They're really freaking good. Um, and Zach Eady's easily the best player in college basketball. It is not even close. No, he's, it's just because of the disadvantage that, or I want to say disadvantage, but the mismatch that he creates. I mean, what other team has anybody that has the size to go up against him? Maybe Kentucky with Big Z, but I mean, he's Big Z's even given up, I think, a couple inches still to him. Oh, Zach Eady's 7'6. So I'm not Is sure. he really? I thought he was seven four. Nah, I think seven six. He's a big dude. Um, to Sunday. Well, fuck him. I gave this out at minus. I thought we were gonna get Maryland at plus three, and I loved it. If you got it early, you cashed. I had plus two and a half, but Michigan State beats Maryland by six sixty one fifty nine. Jameer Young dribbles it off his foot out of bounds, and it's like one of those things where you're rooting for a team the entire way, and then the last possession, you're like. Shoot a fucking three, and that's it. Do not go in and try to tie this fucking game up. And then you're immediately rooting for the other side. Luckily, just dropped it off his foot, and Michigan State wins. So they're another tough team to figure out. But this is the real one I want to talk to you about. I Obviously, we didn't have the line for Sunday. Ken Palm had Illinois minus four. Once the news of Shannon playing, this line opened at 12. And I was like, I was like, okay, we're getting a little crazy here. I took Rutgers in a low slate. They had it; they were down six with eight minutes left, and ended up losing by twenty-three. That's rough. So, but but I will say, good to see Shannon out there. Um, like I said, innocent until proven guilty. Don't give anybody shit for cheering on their goddamn team. Um, but. Just from a basketball standpoint, if he's on the four, if he's playing this entire season, Illinois could win a national title or at least make it to the final four. Like that is a really, really good team. Yes. Um, Pac-12 to Saturday. Easy win for us here. Arizona State 82, USC 67. I don't know about easy because I think they were down like late in the first half, if I recall, but the Sun Devils pull away. And this USC team sucks. Do you think do you think Bronny will enter the portal? Or is he just going to go to the NBA? That's tough. I mean... Because he's not getting drafted. Unless it's just because... Kinda, yeah, he kind of had the slow start because of everything that happened he, with the heart concern. He wasn't going to get drafted that, anyway. Not, yeah, maybe he could. Not from a player... Like, from a player yeah, analysis, but, he wasn't getting drafted. It would be because his dad, and they could get him LeBron on the team or something like that. Like, he's a four-year player. Needs to be. Exactly why I want the Cavs to draft, draft Bronny. 
Unfortunately, the Cavs aren't set up for that right now. I want to bring LeBron home. I don't care. I want to bring LeBron home one last time. I was and thinking, bring Bronny with him. I was thinking what's more likely is that Bronny and Bryce. Actually, no, I'm sorry. You know what I want. What's that? Yeah. What do you want? I want Big Z on the Cavs. I mean, you already had Z though. I think he can. I I think he can work on the Cavs. Get rid of Jared Allen. He probably could. Um, this was a this one sucked. This was a heartbreaker. Cal eighty one, Washington State seventy five. Washington State was up five with forty seconds left. They blow the lead. They get in the foul comp competition at the end or the foul shooting competition at the end. And then Max Rice drains a three at the buzzer to send it to overtime, which I didn't even know happened. I was like, the game was fucking over. So I turned it off. And then I saw that they lost in overtime. So that, that one sucked. This Washington State team's like right on the bubble. They kind of needed that one. But there's still plenty of opportunities on the field or on the court. Um, This one was a shocker. Arizona 77, UCLA 71. Um, UCLA was up like 12 the majority of this basketball game. Yeah, and then everything completely changed once uh, Arizona brought the football team out and Noah Fafita and T-Mac announced that they were coming back and then all of a sudden it lit a fire under the basketball team. And Wait, that actually happened? Kind of tough. Yeah. Like they at the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, at halftime. I did not see they that. They brought the team out onto the court. Yeah. Uh, also kind of tough with Cronin uh, getting kicked out of the game with, I forget when, ex- I'm pretty sure UCLA was up when he got kicked out of the game. Yeah, it was like towards the end of the game, but got kicked out and things kind of went haywire. But good fight, good good fight from the Bruins. At least they're they're starting to play a little bit better. Not going to see them in March, but they're playing better. Um, this Colorado team's so good, dude. Ninety Colorado ninety, Oregon State fifty seven. They cover seventeen and a half. Like when Cody Williams is healthy and playing, this Colorado team is really good, and I think they're just as good as Arizona in the Pac twelve. Very good team. And then close it out. Stanford ninety, Washington eighty. I did not watch a second of this game. But again, don't again, like I said on the preview and on the picks, don't just look at Stanford and think it's the same old Stanford. The Stanford team is good. Um lastly to this SEC. Not a sweat, dude. This was like not literally not a sweat at all. Tennessee ninety one, Alabama seventy one. They were up ten early in this game and they basically held that lead and just continued to slowly grow it. You'd look. You'd score check. They'd be up fourteen. You'd score check. They'd be up fifteen. You'd take some time. They're up sixteen. Just slowly, methodically building. I want to say I told you so because I think if you play this game in Alabama, it might be a different story. But this Tennessee team is really good, and I again, we don't think very highly of Alabama. I don't at least. Yeah, I'm on the same board as you. Uh, won't believe Alabama that I I don't think you can continue to play the way the style that Nate Oates wants to play. I with a fast pace and everything like that. And 
the nonstop barrage of threes, like, yeah, maybe on the offensive side, you have something cooking there. On the defensive side, though, you have nothing. Like, you're not that good defensively. And that's a big key. Because what is it, the stat for uh, national championship teams have to be, like, top 25 in offense and top 25 in defense? Yes, it's happened every single time. Exactly. And with this defense, there's no way that I think Alabama even has a shot of making a run. And you don't have a guy like Brandon Miller that is just a walking get-a-bucket guy. Yeah, the I will push back a little bit. Like if they if they're hitting their shots, they're a really good team. But unlike years past, like you said, this is not the same defensive team as it was a year ago, and that team was a lot more talented. Granted, that's probably why mm-hmm. you're the number one overall seed. Um, let's get to another yeah. winner here with a non-sweat: Auburn eighty-two, Ole Miss fifty-nine. That. They cover the 12-and-a-half with ease. Auburn's so good in the jungle, and they're a great team overall. And we, I mean, I think that was pretty public knowledge that Mississippi State was a little bit of fool's gold. But it's... Ole Miss. Or Ole Miss, yes. Like, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure, like, the one thing I think I really like about this Auburn team, did you see at the end of the game where Ole Miss had, like, the easy layup with like five seconds left, and dude just comes running downward and swats it. Yeah, I mean, even at the end of the game, like still trying to do in the. And like I really pearl for the character that he is in college basketball, but yeah, I really like this Auburn team. It scares me how many SEC teams I like. Well, I don't know if you like this one, but South Carolina seventy-seven, Arkansas sixty-four. They don't need a plus three, and they cash on that money line. Um, Lamont Parrish has this South Carolina team playing some good ball. They're probably going to be there in March, and I think on the flip side for Arkansas. I don't see it. I just don't see the way the path to make to getting to the tournament. And I think this was something that not everybody expected, but should have res- expected. If you're going to build your team in the transfer portal, you're going to have one year where it's a dud. And I think this is this year. Yeah, you're going to have some kind of regression. Like as good as some of the years can be, sometimes you're going to hit the portal hard and it's going to work. Sometimes you're going to fail. Um, Mississippi State, 68. Vanderbilt 55. I didn't this push at the closing line. I didn't get any eyes on it, but good one for our guy Chris Jans. Texas A&M 73, LSU 69. Also did not get a lot of eyes on this one, but Texas A&M needed this one. They're starting. I think they're back to 500 in the SEC, and they're building that resume. Tough one for LSU though. That was starting to play a little bit better. Yeah. Florida 79, Missouri 67. Big win for uh, Florida. This doesn't really boost your resume at all, but dropping to Missouri here would have probably been like a quad two loss. I do like this Florida team a little bit. They, I think the pieces don't really match, but they just have a bunch of st- like studs. Like Walter Clayton that came over from Iona is a 
dog. And when they're all playing individual good basketball, they can win some games. But this is the big one. Kentucky 105, Georgia 96. Like you said, Big Z's, that is going to be a household name. Yes. I mean, dude was dominant this game. Flashing threes, behind-the-back passes, swats everywhere, like... Dude is so fun to watch. And in his first game, like, he's already became a household name. That's... I I see somebody on, somebody on Twitter was like, when somebody tweeted that out, he's like, they're not going to be a household name. And I'm like, there's li- literally the best player in college basketball the last two years. Literal, literally, his name starts with a Z, and nobody calls him Big Z. And he's even bigger. Yeah, he's going to be a household name. Brandon, if we can, we can at least pronounce Zach Eady's name. That's true. A good luck trying to say Big Z's name, actual name. They had him pronounce it like twice on the post game. I still have no idea how to say his real name. He will be referred to as Big Z from now on. Yeah, if that wasn't just an anomaly, like this Kentucky team, as good as they already were, are even better. Now, I'm a little worried that you gave up 96 points to Georgia on your home court. That's not good. But offensively, they're, they could keep up with anybody in the country. But, I mean, that basically wraps up yes. all the big games from the weekend. Um, just looking real quick, Connor, at Tuesday's slate, did you have any bets here that you'd like to give out? I mean, I have one that I... Uh, the old would hammer like hammer hammer. The only one that I have officially in now is I locked up Kentucky minus four at South Carolina. Okay, I mean it's only four, huh? That's a tough one. You know, I'm- yeah, yeah. I mean it. It's it does worry me because it's it's baiting me to take Kentucky because it's such a low number, but still, I think this Kentucky team's on a different level than a lot of these teams. Yeah, I worry about young. I worry about freshmen on the road a little bit, and I, I mean, if I leaned aside, I would pick Kentucky, but I keep doubting the South Carolina team, and they just keep proving me wrong. I haven't really been betting on them or against them, but every time I kind of look at it. I'm like, well, they're not very good. And then you just look on and they ended up winning. But for me, the biggest play of the day is you lay the, I get, I know it's in Provo. This line to open at three and a half. Houston's laying three at BYU. I'm all over it. It's my favorite. Like I, this is a line that doesn't come around all the time. And on it. These fucking nerds are going to look at this and they might even bet it down. But I got nervous because it's still Houston. But Houston's physicality and athleticism I think is just going to wear down this BYU team that also, how does BYU win basketball games? They want to get in shootouts, right? And they want to run and they want to be quick. Houston can literally can do that or they can do the Kelvin Sampson special or basically they're going to pull you into a dogfight, go fuck your mom and just utterly wear you out. And that, the difference in athleticism between these two teams is off the charts. I think the reason they're get it's only three is because of the nerds, and I'm one of those nerds. But I can see past that. Uh, you can get at two and a half. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I think FanDuel had it two and a half. That's what I actually I bet it at. I thought yeah. it just opened. The consensus line is three. But, yeah, I'm laying the points with Houston there. I'm on that, but that's literally all the bets that I had. There's looking at the slate, there wasn't really anything else that really caught my eyes. 60% of the money and 67% of the bets are on BYU. I kind of figured that would be the case, but because the Ken Palm nerds are going to be like, oh, it's only two. Like, does Ken Palm doesn't factor in athleticism, man. I don't see a path where, and hell, I love BYU. So BYU ends, I'm not going to be devastated, but I don't see it. Just real quick glance over to have them get a lot of time to look at it. I like La- I'll bet that right now. I'm betting La- LaSalle plus nine against at home against Dayton. Um, yeah, this is a team that's just normally really bad. They're actually not terrible this year, and they're playing. Like, Fran Dumphy's a really good basketball coach, and I don't see a path where they're going to beat Dayton, but I think they keep in there. They have the athleticism to run with them. Um, there is a really good game at 7 o'clock. UMass is laying a point and a half against St. Joe's. i don't really love either side of that. It's probably just one to enjoy. There was one game I saw at night too. Oh, would you? I know you hate Duke. Uh, how about the? Would you lay the fourteen against Lou? Yeah, I was wondering about Duke. Yeah, I was. Well, you could even get a thirteen and a half because, like, fuck Duke. I mean, if there were, if there was ever a time to be on Duke, it would be this game after being embarrassed last game. And oh, who's the team that's in your? path oh probably one of the worst power teams in louisville so that's not overly confident in it but i would consider i mean i'm gonna bet it i'm not fully confident in giving it out but consider it people all right i got one more for you but i want to run it by you first because you're why is Nebraska only laying two and a half against Ohio State at home? Why? Why? Uh, that line stinks. I don't know. I don't know. I, I that's I would have made that four and a half five. Because I would say Nebraska's a couple points better. I mean. And then the home court. No, you're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. But I just, I mean, I, I, I can't do it, but yeah, uh, no, I, I ultimately think Nebraska wins, but I'm also rooting for Ohio state to win. You know, the line could factor in like you like it just a spot like OSU needs us. They want to boost their resume. They need this. Yes. So that would be it, but definitely need this until then. Good luck to everybody this week. We'll be back Friday to recap a few of the games and then just dive into a giant Saturday slate. So, till then, we're out of here. Peace.